Thanks for joining us at Colts to Consciousness. This storytelling podcast is meant to be for entertainment purposes only and does not substitute for any medical advice. We may discuss triggering topics and we ask that you make your personal mental health a priority. Lastly, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the host. I was new to LA. I was exploring different types of yoga. I just happened to move into an apartment that was down the street from Yoga West. I bought like a class pass. One of the classes that I went to, she was teaching. I thought I was the problem. I thought I was different. I thought there was something wrong with me. And so I started practicing Kundalini yoga more heavily. It's this ancient secret technology. You know, it was only available to to privileged people in India. Humanity is in crisis and this is what's going to save the planet. From some of the videos and the photos that I've seen, you would think that she was well off and she was like- Well, she did after I started working for her because I (laughs) built her whole entire marketing department. (laughs) I was in a cult. Yeah. I was in a cult and then that set off like, you know, all the guilt and the shame that comes with that, realizing that, oh my God, this thing that I had devoted four years of my life to was a lie. Hey, my name is Shalise Ansola, and this is Cults to Consciousness, where we discuss leaving high-demand religions or organizations and finding healing and independence through awareness and true individual sovereignty. If you're only listening and you want to see our faces, you can go to our YouTube channel at Cults to Consciousness, where you can join in on the conversation, like, subscribe, all the youtube things, helps the algorithm. It really helps our guests feel supported and encouraged when they read your comments. So thank you so much for doing that and creating a safe space for them. So today's guest, I found her because we just did an interview with Joelle about the yoga community, specifically one where she was married to a guru, this whole thing, this very fake con man guru. And she was like, hey, you should check out this girl on TikTok. And I found this article about her. And then I opened my TikTok and lo and behold, there were a whole bunch of comments, people tagging me in her videos. And so we reached out and she's here with us today. Yay! (laughs) Thank you, Charlotte, for coming on. Of course. (laughs) Thank you for having me. We just like connected like an hour ago and I drove over and we're here. (laughs) Yeah, so she's in LA. Everyone's probably thinking this is odd because normally we don't do in person, but she just lived kind of down the street in LA terms. And so we're going to further the discussion on cults about yoga, specifically this one woman who ran hers like a cult leader and she was involved with celebrities really problematic you worked for her for a few years yes and we're going to talk about the downward spiral and how that kind of happened and how it impacted you how you got out and how she's blowing up on tiktok right now guys because she's telling her story so what's your tiktok so they can follow you at charlotte.medlock okay and we'll put that in the description so you guys can click on it and do all the the fun researching after this but let's get into it so Let's talk about the cult leader first. This is the first time, not the first time, maybe like the second or third time, it's a woman because usually it's a guy leading the cult. It's very patriarchal. So this is very different and kind of exciting. So give us a little bit of a rundown on the guru. So Guru Jagat, her real name is Katie Griggs. Okay. (laughs) So how did she come up with Jagat? What is that? Does it mean something? So in the Kundalini Yoga community... Everybody is encouraged to get a spiritual name. And the way you get your spiritual name is you go to this website and you pay $40. And this woman, Narinjan, who's the director of spiritual names, looks at your your real name and your birthday and then assigns you her, your spiritual name. Interesting. Wait, what was yours? Can you tell us? 
Adi Chenin. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I just found out because I met a real sick person and they told me that my name means God's feet. That's the literal translation. <laughs> Sorry, that's just really funny. Um, okay, so you said sick, but you mean like the religious. Yes. How do you spell it? Isn't it like an interesting spelling? S-I-K-H. Okay, that's what, right. So people just don't have in their mind like coughing sick. <laughs> yes, right. Can the you explain religion. a little bit of that? So kundalini yoga is basically a mashup between Sikhism and Sikhi. I, I hope I'm saying that right. It takes a lot of their 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 holy book, their mantras, and it's basically mashed up with yoga. Okay, and that's what Yogi Bhajan, the founder of Kundalini Yoga. He, it's his brainchild. Yes. Actually, okay, I'm going to make you back up here for a second because I think it's relevant to Guru Jagat, mm-hmm. which is who she kind of took over for in a way or she saw the hole in the market and mm-hmm. and took a grab for it. So let's just quickly talk about Kundalini Yoga, the founder, and a little bit expand more on what you were just talking about. So, well, back to the name. That's how I got my spiritual name. She claims that she got her spiritual name from Yogi Bhajan himself. Oh. Who's he's dead now. He died in 2004. Okay. Um Katie Guru Jagat discovered Kundalini Yoga in the early 2000s, I think like right after 9/11. And she claims that she found this yoga practice. It's it was life-changing. She had never had an experience like that before. And she had to meet Yogi Bhajan. So she traveled to New Mexico. She says that she got personal time with him while he was, you know, sick and like the last years of his life. Okay. But it's kind of proven now that that's not true. Oh. So <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, yeah. So Yogi Bhajan uh, he was a customs officer in Indi- India at the Delhi airport, and he saw a lot of these like burnt out hippies coming through. They were looking for a guru, mm-hmm. and I, he, you know, he's like, maybe I should go to the United States and teach yoga. So that's what he did. It took off like right away, from my understanding. Came to LA. He, he planted the seeds. <laughs> he planted the seeds. <laughs> like it was. It took off from there. Yeah. And. Um, he also has like this ranch in Espanola, and it's kind of where a lot of the abuse happened. Mm. And so he, they would kind of like drive back and forth between LA and Espanola. Yeah. So this guy was also kind of like an imposter where he just built himself into this character. He was pulling things from other places, calling it Kundalini Yoga, the Sikh religion. Yeah. So he pulled stuff from that religion and then he pulled some other techniques branded it as Kundalini. yes he pulled Kundalini. stuff from a yogi named devendra brahmachari okay. in india so it's uh, philip de slip there's some youtube videos that he's created and he breaks all of this down he basically did some research and it was very easy to find out who yogi bhajan studied with in india mm-hmm. and he came over to india and in the early years he kind of referenced those two those two influences. And then when it wasn't convenient for him anymore, because those people were still alive, he basically said, well, actually, no, Guru Ramdas is my my teacher. And 
I and he made up another teacher named Saint Hazara Singh. Okay. That he studied with. There's no proof that he ever existed, but he just made up this whole story. He trained me to be a Kundalini master, and now I'm here. It's this ancient secret technology, mm. and it's only you know it was only available to to privileged people in India, but now I'm here because, you know, humanity is in crisis, and this is what's going to save the planet. Got it. Which sounds like a good idea, right? Yeah. <laughs> thinking, great, let's help the the population get to a better headspace. And everyone wants that. Right. So it makes sense why it took off, especially in L.A. And so the thing is with him, though, is behind the scenes, he's doing all these awful things. There's sex abuse, right? Pedophilia going on. Um, all these different things that clearly make him not someone you should look up to or want to learn from. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I I mean, I just can't believe he, like, got away with it. That's <laughs> got- what we're finding. So I just barely started <laughs> looking into these yoga cults because I never saw yoga as an issue. And I don't think yoga itself is an issue. It's obviously the people who manipulate and use these techniques or these promises to do bad things. And mm-hmm. so the more I've been looking into it, like we were just watching the Bikram or Bikram documentary they all do the same thing they just culminate this presence about them Mm -hmm. say they have all the tools all the secrets you need them uh you're only going to learn these enlightenment tools through me and then they use their power and their money to abuse other people and it's really awful so okay now we're going to get back to your guru (laughs) so she claims to have learned from him the one we were just speaking of and she starts to embody the same type of persona. Yes. She claimed Yogi Bhajan told her to go to L.A. and teach at Yoga West. And that's what she did. And she first started teaching under the name Kundalini Katie. That's what she did for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to move into an apartment that was down the street from Yoga West and I was new to LA. I was exploring different types of yoga. I bought like a class pass and like yeah. And on one of the, one of the classes that I went to, she was teaching. She did have this. The class was packed. Like that first class I ever went to, room was electric. She was working the room. She was cracking jokes. I was like, there's something up with her. Like she's she's got something going on and. That class, she was talking about uh, how it was going to be one of her last classes here at Yoga West, and she was about to open up Rama Institute, which was her yoga studio in Venice Beach. Mm. So at that class, I like picked up a flyer for Rama, and I went home that night, and I like put it on my fridge, followed her on Instagram, just kind of casually, you know, followed her journey for a few years until I eventually like. <laughs> got deep in yeah yeah so in one of your tiktoks you mentioned that you walk in and everyone's wearing all white is that this first class you went to or her studio that was the first class that i went to yeah yeah and so not that wearing all white is bad (laughs) (laughs) like i have to caveat almost everything that i say because there's always people in the comments uh which is fine but when you walked in, did you initially have kind of a weird sense or were you just like, oh, this is just something people do and I want to jump on board? I definitely thought it was weird. I thought it was super weird. I felt it was very off-putting to me in a way. I was like, what? Who are these people? Like, this is, it's very strange. But 
you know, in the class, we're doing, we're chanting a lot. We're doing movements that I've never done before. Mm -hmm. I'm breathing really, really heavily. And I left, you know, those first classes like completely blissed out. Okay. That's what I'm wondering too. So Kundalini yoga, as far as I'm aware, is supposed to be the snake-like energy that moves up and down the spine. Mm -hmm. If you have a Kundalini awakening, it's like all your chakras are online and it kind of like jolts you awake and you're spiritually enlightened. Well, not totally, but they kind of make it sound like you become enlightened when you have a kundalini awakening. And is not kind of the goal of kundalini yoga is to get to that space? Yes. Like the way I've like heard it described to me, it's like this very uh, clear kind of like hyper presence. Okay. Yeah. Where it's not like this like crazy thing where you're like, well, I'm having a kundalini awakening. It's <laughs> like, no, you're just like locked in like okay. and everything's clear and you're getting all these ideas and downloads and upgrades. Yeah. So, and again, I'm not one to say that that's not possible to have an amazing spiritual awakening. Maybe it's real. Maybe it's not. I I mean, it would be great if it was real, if you could like just mm-hmm. wake up out of the matrix. But these techniques that they are having you learn and practice, you said they were a little weird, a lot of movements. What does that actually look like? So in Kundalini Yoga, the, the different yoga sets are called Kriyas. And everything, I mean, there are so many. There's like thousands and thousands. Yogi Bhajan made all of these up. I mean, you're holding your arms in the air for long periods of time. You're like you're waving your arms while chanting and doing breath of fire, which is mm, like rapid. Quick, yeah. Quick out of breaths. Yes. Um, and each one is supposed to give you they're very prescriptive, like each Kriya or meditation is, is supposed to get you something. Mm-hmm. I remember the wake up set. <laughs> So like set your navel in the morning. I mean, there are kriyas for depression, for trying to to find love and and a lot for how to like make money. Mm. That's kind of what got me in initially was like there are all these kriyas to like bring a activate your destiny. Yeah. To make. Ca- yeah. Increase your prosperity, increase your wealth. OK. There's one that's like money printing meditation. Did it work? <laughs> You know, sometimes I would get like a confirmation bias. Like I remember one time I was and I was doing these like compulsively, like I never missed a day. I was doing all my prosperity meditations. One day I like was at the laundromat. I went to like go get change and there was a mound of quarters and I was like, it's working. Like I just found free money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, guys, I've I've been there before too, where I'm like, I'm manifesting money and I don't know if it is something. Here's the thing with new ageism or mystical thinking or magical yeah, thinking, yeah. it's kind of new to a lot of people. And I think people are becoming swept up in it in the West because it is so new and it's exciting and it's different and it can be manipulated to manipulate people and so I think there's like a really fine line because it's this new vocabulary to where if I were to say I asked God for money and then I found all these quarters God gave me those quarters most people would be like that's great but then if you say like I'm manifesting this money Mm -hmm. people be like that's the devil (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) so I have to take all this with a grain of salt and and see the clear areas where people are using it for manipulation and for wrong and where people are just using a different language because it 
works for them. Mm-hmm. All these different mantras, it seems like manifesting. Some may call it like a witchcraft thing, right? Yeah. Trying major manifestation vibes. Major man. <laughs> okay. So when you start getting involved with the guru, when do things start going downhill? Because you start working for her directly. So I had been following Guru Jagat, just like following her journey online and kind of taking a class here and there, but I wasn't like deep in it. I still had my my regular life and my regular friends and my boyfriend and my job and, you know, everything was fine. I was just doing kundalini yoga very casually. Yeah. In my mid-20s, I was sort of, I was having a hard time. Like I was really burnt out at my office job. I ended up quitting. I, I was like, there has to be something more. And I deep down, like I knew that there was, I just didn't know what. Mm-hmm. And as a way to kind of cope with like the feelings that I was dealing with. And it was just a lot of shame, a lot of doubt, a lot of confusion, hopelessness mm. of like not really knowing what I was doing with my life. And I also now looking back, I realized that I had a lot of unresolved trauma mm. and I was I had a lot of like PTSD symptoms. I just didn't know I what was going on with me. Mm-hmm. I thought it, I was the problem. I thought I was different. I thought there was something wrong with me. And so uh, I started practicing kundalini yoga more heavily Mm -hmm. because I thought, here this practices and it has so many answers and I feel so good while doing it. I signed up for Rama TV, which was Guru Jagat's online yoga platform. That summer after I quit my job, I was practicing every single day because she filmed every single class that she taught in the morning. She taught like seven days a week. And so I was following along online. I heard her mention Kundalini teacher training and how this thing is going to change your life. I was like, I'm going to do that. I took the last of what was in my bank account. I signed up for this training with Hadi Jeevan and Tej in Los Angeles. That is where the sort of indoctrination started. What type of investment was this? Like, are we talking in the thousands, in the hundreds? Thousands. I think it was $3,000. And then I put down a down payment or and then went on a kind of a payment plan. Mm, okay. So it's not cheap. No, especially, especially when I'm, when I'm, I'm like job. broke and <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm sure the promise was you'll have abundance if you invest in yourself. And- exactly. I, that was my thinking at the time. I was so desperate. I was like, if I just do this, then I think, <laughs> I think all my dreams will come true and my destiny will get activated and I'm going to get so much money. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very so- delusional. <laughs> I mean, it's not delusional. It's it's hope. You know, people do that all the time, whether yeah. it's investing into a cult or doing like going back to school, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. things cost money and it makes sense that you would just hail Mary, like, let's do this and see what happens. Did you ever become a teacher or did you start working for her right away? Three months into the training, I see an Instagram post and I was following all of her uh, like her assistants and stuff and they were all posting about it and I, I saw it and I was like that's they that's me that's my job I like emailed them like right away interviewed got the job I started out as an intern they offered a $300 a month stipend and $300. right away I was working full-time because Guru Jagat had uh, a book coming out Invincible Living it, the book was like about to be launched like there was a lot of like marketing and outreach and all of the stuff that needed to happen. And so I just got sucked Sucked in in. right away. 
How long did they make you work for, I mean, free? We're going to call it free. (laughs) (laughs) I worked for free for a month and then they saw how much work I was doing. And then they put me on, they offered me a full-time job and then I got on salary. The salary, it still wasn't, it was like $1,800. So I still had to work on the side with other freelance clients to make ends meet. So it was $1,800 a month? A month. For a a full-time job? Yes. And it was, I'm telling you, it was insane from the start. I'm saying I like I would wake up at like 630 in the morning. I would have text because in Kundalini Yoga, you're supposed to wake up at 4 a.m. and do two and a half hours of meditation. I didn't. I like sleep. I, I like I could not. I mean, there were times where I would go on like a streak, but I was not the 4 a.m girly Who's like a 4 I am person <laughs> they all were and oh. I wasn't and then I would I would like wake up and I'd be like all groggy and then I'd be I'd look at my phone and there I had all these texts and it would just but then my workday started and it was just working in the morning go to class at 9 a.m go have meetings after class go to Guru Jagat's house work all afternoon leave in the evening eat some dinner, work again all t- until I went to bed. How long did they expect you to work? When could you stop expecting phone calls? I mean, it was all it was all hours. It was all hours all the time. And How did you have a second job? I just did it at night or like whenever to kind of <laughs> or on the weekends sometimes. I mean, it depended. I mean, things over the four years that I worked there, things got more intense. We, they, we kept adding on programming, creating new things, more courses, opening more studios around the world. Guruja get traveled like 300 days out of the year. So there had to be some other sort of carrot that they had you buy. Obviously, there's the promise of enlightenment in some way or you're helping the world, which is mm-hmm. a lot of it's usually what cults say is, well, you're suffering because we're changing the world and that's hard and expect to suffer and all of that. So that side makes sense to me. But as far as the money goes, because that is not enough to live in L.A. That's right. Not even for right. Rent. Were they offering you other things like free classes or anything like that? I got free classes. <laughs> the classes were free. <laughs> so was that enough for you where you were like, okay, this is, I can work with this? Uh, yeah. And luckily I have a, thank God I had a rent control department. And then I kind uh, of just like, you know, skated by for a little while. And then over time I did get more raises and stuff. But mm-hmm. at the beginning there, it was like a little touch and go. I was like, I really want this job, but I don't know how yeah. I'm going to make ends meet. But I thought it was... It was pitched to me like, okay, Rama's the startup. That's how Guru Jagat always talked about it too. Rama is a startup. And <laughs> isn't she working with celebrities though? Isn't she pulling in a lot of money? She did have celebrity students. Mm-hmm. I don't really know like a lot of the financials. I, what I do know is she spent money like water. The chaos with the money was, it was always a thing. There was never enough money coming in. Um, we were all 1099 contractors, like, Mm. like the entire time. Like I never, I never, you know, got benefits. I had to pay my, my, pay my own taxes. I mean, at least from some of the videos and the photos that I've seen, you would think that she was well off and she was like, well, she did after I started working for her because I built her whole entire marketing department. (laughs) Get a girl. She's like, yeah, she had a lot of my kids on me. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. And they were just totally exploiting you for all of your talents. Yes. 
Oh, okay. So at what point did it really start going downhill? Obviously, you're sleep deprived. Mm -hmm. You don't have enough money to make ends meet. You're working another job and you're trying to fit in classes and meditations. And now you're dealing with her and this side comes out that you've never seen before. So how long did that take? Right when I started working for her, she was just as like charismatic and funny, fun to be around as she was on stage. And I had so much joy and enthusiasm and hope in the beginning. I really thought that we were doing something good for the world. I want to say like six months into it, I saw her scream at an employee in a meeting until the employee cried. Hmm. And that was very uncomfortable for me to watch. I'd never seen Guru Jagat pop off like that on somebody. I just kind of excused myself and like went to go get a coffee. And as I'm like going out the door, Gruja gets like, oh, Charlotte doesn't like it when I yell and like kind of laughs. Singled you out and made yeah. you feel stupid. Yeah, just for like taking it too seriously or something. Yeah. And because I, I, maybe I looked, I was uncomfortable. Like it was very uncomfortable to watch. Mm-hmm. She just kind of laughed it off. And so I brushed it off. I, I was like, all right, no big deal, I guess. I'm glad it wasn't me. Not too long after that, though, she did. I did get screamed at mm. for making a typo in an email. Oh, geez. So this new side is coming out of her. What are you thinking at that point? Are you just thinking, are you excusing her behavior? Like maybe she's having a bad day or are you starting to wake up a little bit and realize that you're in a bad situation? I made excuses for it in the beginning. I was like, oh, well, I I did fuck up. Like, it's mm. it's my fault. I deserved that. We were also taught in Kundalini teacher training about the Saturn teacher. So, like, Yogi Bhajan is a Saturn teacher. Guru Jagat's a Saturn teacher, which which means the lessons are hard. You know, have you ever heard in astrology like your Saturn, Saturn return? Uh-huh. So a Saturn teacher gives you the tough love and the tough Got it. <laughs> lessons so that you grow. And so, so it's for your benefit. Exactly. So, you know, when we get would get yelled at, we would call it like you're oh, you're getting like an adjustment, like you're getting a spiritual adjustment. You should be so blessed mm. to get yelled at by your spiritual teacher. Yeah. So I mean, I never liked getting yelled at. And does, right? <laughs> I and I never thought it was a blessing. I just took it for a long time until I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. Well, because you're so invested in this at this point as well. Yeah. And did you feel like you were growing spiritually at all? You know, in the beginning, it felt like I was changing a lot. I changed my entire lifestyle. I stopped mm-hmm. drinking. I went vegetarian. I was doing all this yoga and meditation all the time. So I felt good in the Mm -hmm. beginning then it's sort of I don't know like after a year of that it just became this kind of hamster wheel that I couldn't get off of Mm -hmm. where it was I was constantly obsessing like oh did I I get my did I do enough meditations today did I get my meditation in today yeah um with the dynamic being in the inner circle of this cult I was just constantly oscillating between fear and like you know, don't don't want to make Guru Jagat mad. I have to be perfect. So that sent me into hyperdrive of just like constantly working. Mm-hmm. And I think I worked a lot to kind of like numb a lot of what I was feeling. Yeah. And also Kundalini Yoga, it completely makes you disassociated from your feelings. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. And it, every Yogi Bhajan says, emotion is commotion. 
And so it's like when you have a strong emotion, that, that's, a, that's a cue for you to like go meditate. Fists of anger. There's like meditations for sadness and for grief. Like, so was this a way to actually regulate yourself or just to blanket cover it up? Like toxic positivity, just pretend it doesn't isn't there. It was a, kind of like a mixture of both. I think okay. a lot of toxic positivity. So you should see some of these like Kundalini people if you ever go to like solstice or something in New Mexico. The perfect Kundalini is like they're just very robotic mm. and they just are like, hi, <laughs> like very vacant and uh-huh. You know, you know, no emotions. We're above it all. Right. Yeah. Which is not healthy. No, it's not healthy. Yeah. The spiritual bypassing was off the charts. Yes. And then within your group, was there sort of like a spiritual hierarchy? Like, I'm more spiritual than you. You should be meditating more. Was there that type of language? Yes. (laughs) I mean, it was... There was just like a lot of like low key, you know, I, I woke up for sadhana this morning. I did my two and a half hours. I was always kind of envious of those people. I was like, they must be progressing faster than me because they can fucking wake up at 4 a.m. And I can't. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. So how did that translate into the workplace? Did you feel less than or put down by any of your coworkers or was everyone on the same team? What was that environment like together? I had really strong bonds with everybody. I loved everybody that I worked with. I I miss some of them. We had great Mm. friendships and we were like in the trenches together. Yeah. But we did throw each other under the bus constantly because we were so scared of Guru Jagat and we didn't want to be the one to get put in the hot seat when, you know, and there, it was complete chaos. There were balls dropping all the time. There were... It, it was just there's so much work happening and like with her travel schedule and like all the classes we had. And it's like and we were a very small team handling mm-hmm. all of that. And things were changing constantly. And at the end of the day, there was always somebody getting yelled at. We called it Rama drama. Uh, <laughs> what were some of the things that she demanded of her employees that like a normal boss shouldn't be demanding of? I mean, we were supposed to be perfect. We were supposed to be constantly thinking about her, working to like make her money. If she was in town, we were expected to spend time with her, be around her constantly. I think she really fed off of our energy. She, I, I really feel like she wanted to be like worshipped constantly. Did she view herself as someone to be worshipped? Like a god yes. or... Yeah, I remember her saying one time in a meeting, because Alicia Keys was her student, she was like, Alicia should really be doing more for me. Like, she should really, this is, she should really understand what the teacher-student relationship is. And if she did, she would be posting about me and, like, doing more for me. Entitlement. Yeah. Because she felt like she was on a different plane than everybody else. Yes. So you had mentioned to me before this, (laughs) this little secret that was announced in a meeting, a staff meeting. Yes. So in 2020, things were really like shit was hitting the fan because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then uh, a memoir came out written by one of Yogi Bhajan's students 
Premka. The memoir is called oh. White Bird in a Golden Cage. Right. And I was just doing research, yeah. research on that. And now I'm connecting all the dots in my head. Sorry, yes. I just had an aha moment. So when this book came out, it was like the floodgates opened. Suddenly, all of these other women and people were coming forward with their stories of abuse by Yogi Bhajan. And our clients at Rama were like, when are you going to make a statement? What do you guys have to say about this? For a really long time, Guru Jagat was like, uh, we're not going to say anything. Just like if anyone comments anything on our social media, just delete and block, delete, mm. and block. And she thought it was just going to go away and it wasn't going away. And so that was happening. Stressful. And then pandemic and then all the studios are, are closed. You know, we have to like pivot everything to online and digitize everything. Mm-hmm. A lot of the employees were furloughed and then told to get on pandemic unemployment assistance because there was a lot of people were getting on unemployment and the government was getting out money. Guru Jagat instructed a lot of people to to do that and then keep working while they were getting unemployment. And what's funny is a lot of them were making more money on unemployment than they were. Oh, no. So any but for because there were so many people like trying to get on unemployment at the same time, the employees like were like, what? Like they were they were broke. And then so anyway, morale was like very, very low. Everyone's freaking out. So Guru Jagat decides to have this clearing the air call and she gets this family constellation therapist to have the Zoom call with us and she it's it's not a real therapist. A family <laughs> constellation therapist, from what I understand, is them kind of going into the nervous system of each person and saying what's going on with them out loud to the group so it can be talked about and cleared. Mm-hmm. So we get on this Zoom call and the the whole company is on this Zoom and the family constellation therapist starts kind of like picking on people. She picks on me when um, I'm like one of the first people and she goes, Charlotte has a glitch in her nervous system. Like if she's like, if you just kind of if you could just clear that out, you'd be a lot more productive. And what? I'm like, OK, like I'm not like, you know, working around the clock. All, all right. And <laughs> I just and I was like trying to respond. And then my like Wi-Fi kept cutting out. And, and anyway, I was like, I'm going to have a one on one with this lady And I did, but that's, we can get to that after. But (laughs) then she starts like gaslighting us and she's, she's like, you all need to stop talking about Guru Jagat. It's draining her energy. She should get an Oscar for acting like a human being. She is not from this planet. When she is not in business meetings, she's talking to Saturn and Mars. (laughs) So what was the general look on everyone's face when this happened was, I mean, because we all know that when you are indoctrinated into something, you will pretty much believe anything. I've been there. A lot of us have been there. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if you were able to see anyone sort of perk up and be like, huh? Or if everyone was like, oh, makes sense. I remember everybody being like all into it. And then she was like, Guru Jagat has a huge mission. She is changing the frequency of this planet. She has said yes to her mission. Are you going to say yes to yours? And then everyone unmutes and they're like, yes. It worked for everybody. It 
for me, I was like, this is just pure fucking propaganda. I was pissed. <laughs> so you saw through it. You seem to be the only one. I, I was sort of at the end where I was like, this is so fucked up. Like, mm -hmm. I, I was like nothing. I was just see kind of seeing the writing on the wall at that point. Um, but I was still too scared to leave. Mm -hmm. I ended up having my one-on-one. -on -one, I FaceTimed with the family constellation therapist a few days later, paid her like 200 bucks for her to like get on this call with me. And she's like going into my nervous system. Guru Jagat wants you to figure it out. She has a shirt, a t-shirt and it says, figure it out. If she were to die tomorrow on her gravestone, it would say, figure it out. She doesn't have time for you. She doesn't have oh. time for you. She, you need to figure it out and then get off that call. And I'm like, this is a fucking company. Like she's the CEO. Like I can't like, like I need to, to talk to her sometimes. Right. <laughs> but this is, we're running a business here. Like I don't like, anyway, I was like, fuck this. I'm quitting. Uh, so I <laughs> sent so in my resignation. Nothing productive was said on that $200 phone call. Nothing productive figure was said. Figure it out. And you're like, figure what out? What do you figure? Yeah, exactly. And then at, it was like at that moment, I realized like nothing's ever going to change. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been working for her at this point? Um, Almost four years. Okay. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and you're probably emotionally drained, financially drained. Yeah. In the pandemic, everyone was kind of running around yeah. Like crazy. Yeah. So how did that go over with her? Did you tell her yourself that you were quitting or email? Or? I emailed. Okay. I had this, I already had a resignation written up from like a few months prior when I just, I, <laughs> I had like a nervous breakdown from, Anyway, it's uh, the stories on my TikTok. It was like a horrible Thanksgiving, and then just her completely going off on me mm. for like a Black Friday sale that was botched, and like I didn't get to see my family that weekend. It was like it was horrible. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up writing this resignation letter, but I was too scared to send it, so I had it all written up, and so I sent it to her, and then she calls me like not even two minutes later. What's going on? And like using her like really nice right. voice. I was like, look, I, I just like I can't do this anymore. I am so overworked. I'm so burnt out. I can't. I, I feel like nothing's changing. I just need to take a break. And she was like, you're brilliant. I don't want to lose you. Let's like we can make this work. I will give you a three week paid vacation and four day weekends for a, a month. I was finally getting the validation and everything I'd wanted from her. Uh -huh. And so I was like, sure, let's try it. It went back to the insanity. Yeah. Nothing was nothing was changing. And then I finally got the courage to quit for real a couple months later. Yeah, classic narcissist move where they just give you a little bit of crumbs here and there. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, but you're so amazing. Or my favorite, which is no one will ever love you as much as I love you or value you as much as I value you. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one who really knows who you are. Yes, yes. And then they treat you like shit. And right. And then when they give you that little bit of validation again, it's like, oh, see, I knew this was the right relationship or I knew that I should be involved with this person. And you second guess all of the crap you just went through because they're just giving you these little bitty crumbs. And it feels good because it's yeah. it's what you've, that's all I wanted this entire time. Yes, <laughs> but that's how they control you because if they were to give you that validation consistently, you may not take all of the crap that they give you. Mm -hmm. It's like they have to put you down to keep you under the spell. Right, right. 
it's yeah carrots and sticks yep. it's like i'm just gonna dangle 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 and then beat you with a stick yes. <laughs> yes so another thing that is really common among cults is they ostracize you from family and friends did you find that that was the case yes i i definitely became more isolated in my relationships and from my family in kundalini yoga they there's like a teaching if you stay under the same roof with your parents for more than 72 hours you revert back to like your seven-year-old self oh and we would like joke about it i mean maybe there's like a a kernel of truth to that but it was just kind of implied this is your your new family now Mm. and in 2019 i the year before i left i had stuff going on with my family I had a grandparent die. I had my parents got a divorce Mm. and I was grieving, you know, I like I had like the loss of my family unit and I was just kind of like going through it. And Mm. like I was sad. Guru Jagat hated when anybody was weak. Right. And I wasn't performing as high, as high of a level as I was before. And I remember we were at winter solstice and we were on a break in between the crazy meditations. She comes over to me. She's like, Charlotte, stand up. And then I stand up. And then she's like giving me this like teaching. Mm. She's like, you're liberated. Your family's liberated. So stop worrying about it. Stop worrying about it. You don't need them. You, they're liberated. You're liberated. So snap out of it. You're almost 30. <laughs> what? Yes. Just completely invalidating your emotions, your, yes. your experiences. And I had a boyfriend who was on the outside. He wasn't, he's not, we're still together. Okay. He's not. Oh, bless him. That was my next I question. Know. Was how did your romantic relationships fare with all of this? Luckily, we survived this. We were together for two years before I got in it. Mm-hmm. And he, at first he thought, okay, this is just like, it's yoga. I support her and what she wants to do. And then he started to see how like distressed I was becoming. Um, and he started doing a little bit of research himself. He read, there's like, the Kate Felt case with Yogi Bhajan that's online. He found that. He found uh, a, another court case uh, with Hadi Jeevan, who went to prison for a couple years for a boiler room printer toning scam in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, oh, this is this is not good. And he had been uh, really worried. And he was like talking to his therapist about how worried it was about me. And he was ac- actually working on trying to get me out yeah but I didn't know any of that and so he was just like supporting me through it anyway I think Guru Jagat really didn't like that here I I had this relationship that she had no control over and so she really put a lot of pressure on me to get married and she wanted to be the one to marry us and she was like let me officiate your officiate your wedding like, come on, like, like, send him a text, like, tell him you want to get married, like, do it right now. Like, like, oh, putting... my gosh. And then there was a Christmas party where my boyfriend, Jack, came with me and he walks in. Guru Jagat, like, beelines over to him and she's like, hey, if it isn't Mr. Shit or get off the pot. And <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, hi, nice to see you, too. Yeah. And so it was very weird. Like, I mean... Yeah, there's something going on there with yeah. that. I think I think she wanted more power. Absolutely, because she sees that you're giving devotion and attention to someone instead of her. Yeah. And I'm surprised she didn't just try to break you up. I think she just wanted to take credit for 
the relationship because it's like we were we clearly were in love like yeah. and I I think she just wanted to be the one to ha- to marry us and then that way I would feel it would be harder to leave if I did because mm-hmm. I'd be like I right, well this is she's the one who married us and you yeah. know so what were some of the things that allowed you to see that this was a cult-like situation that started to wake you up out of the matrix? Well, it's really funny because I didn't even realize it was a cult when I quit. Uh-huh. I thought I was just quitting a bad job. Mm-hmm. But it, there were layers to it because it was like, I the reason I was so scared to quit is was because they told you and like like they would tell stories and like teacher training and stuff, just like bad things happening to people that left. People getting in car accidents, people get people getting cancer, that kind of thing. Um, and we were taught that when you leave, you end up at the same level karmically that you started at. So all of that spiritual progress is erased and then you're back mm-hmm. to zero. So I was really afraid that I was really... I was paranoid after I quit. I was like, something bad's going to happen. I still was doing kundalini yoga because I was so scared something bad was going to happen if I stopped. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I saw The Vow, actually. Ah, Nexium. Yes. The Vow documentary came out August 2020, I think the first episode. Uh-huh. I watched that first episode the night it came out, and my mind was blown. I was like, oh, my God. There was so much mirroring my experience that I was like, I I was in a cult. Yeah, I was in a fucking cult, and then that set off like, you know, all the guilt and the sh- shame that comes with that. T- realizing that, oh my god, this thing that I had devoted four years of my life to was a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Nexium, it's uh, it w- was because he's in prison now, run by Keith Raniere. It was this hel- self help program. Um, they like to change the meanings of words. They would break people down to build them back up and very similar tactics. Mm-hmm. Not so new agey, but kind of like in their own unique way. And mm-hmm. then at the very, very tippy top of it, he was basically grooming people to be his sex slaves and he was branding them with a cottering iron, his initials. He wasn't doing it. He would have other women do it. So he was kind of plausible deniability, I guess you could say. But he is in prison for a lot of different reasons. We've had on two people, um, Sarah Edmondson, who was in The Vow, and also Mark Vicente. They're both awesome people. So, yeah, it's... um, I'm glad that that came out because a lot of people don't think of cults as self-help groups or they don't think of self-help groups as cults. But there is a lot of crossover, especially when you have the leader who's narcissistic, who is just in it for money, power, sex, which is usually why cult leaders do what they do. They have no empathy. They just tread over people and there's just so much abuse. So that's so interesting mm-hmm. that it was the vow. I know. What was that like? Did you talk to your boyfriend where you're like, we watched had it this together. Realization. And then he's like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't have to bring this up myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I immediately just went on a deep dive and I started doing so much research. I like got all the all the cult books, just listened to a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. and it was, I'd say it probably took me like a year of just like processing everything, making sense of it all to, to feel like normal again. Yeah. So what was that like for you? Because 
it's tricky, especially when you are in a cult that promotes spirituality or promotes um, enlightenment or this will make you feel better and all this stuff. So what do you do to make you feel better from this thing that wasn't, you know what I'm saying? It's like kind of yeah. contradictory. How yeah. do you fix that? I went on a full-blown spiritual detox. I mm-hmm. was like, I all of this shit just is, is like really triggering. I'm not going to meditate. I'm not going to do yoga. I'm not going to read like any manifestation stuff. Like I remember my friend, like during that time, she was like, do you want to do a Deepak Chopra manifestation challenge with me? Like hard pass. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, absolutely not. No. I just, yeah. I was like, this is just, I'm just going back to the default reality. Yeah. I just want to be normal. Yeah. Did you (laughs) dabble in any other sort of religious practices? No, I didn't. Just did what felt right, and that's what worked. Yeah, I just, you know, I journaled, I read books, I spent time in nature. Yeah. And spent time with my friends and family, and just, it was like, <laughs> it was like coming home. I remember, like, those first few months after I, I quit, I was it, I felt like, like a war veteran or something, like coming back from a war, because yeah. it was just, just so intense, like, coming out of it. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's your whole life wrapped up in it. Yes. It, it was more than just a job. It was a yeah. lifestyle. Yes. It was your identity. It was everything, which is why it's important to talk about not all cults are religious based because we do have those high demand religions where it's your full identity. So I think it's important for people to recognize it doesn't have to be a religious thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people argue that the new age lifestyle is a religion. I think maybe it could possibly be in that vein ish um but same type of deconstruction process trying to reinvent yourself or like you you're like pushing the reset button let's just go back to default which is a good place to start and how did you find that your life changed after you did that did you start to feel better i mean obviously you you didn't go back but (laughs) but how are you now that you've kind of reset everything i am so much more gentler with myself in in that cult, like kund- in Kundalini Yoga in general, it's so like type A discipline. Mm. You're waking up at 4 a.m. You're taking your cold shower. Perfectionism. You're, yes, you're doing so much yoga. And now I I don't put pressure on myself like that. I, yeah. I, I think we're meant to rest. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I'm like naps, yeah. baths. Like I, I love just, you know, laying in bed, reading, watching Mm -hmm. TV. I just, I let myself do that. You know, I don't work so hard. That's good. I think not enough emphasis is placed on the value of rest and just existing Mm -hmm. because especially in LA, everything's go, go, go. What are you doing next? What's your next project? Who are you trying to become? And we can get so caught up in that when Sometimes you just need to exist and just be, mm-hmm. just be present and be present without the layers of perfectionism in meditation, for example, just being. And I'm sure your boyfriend was like, oh, I got her back. What are yes. what are his thoughts now? Oh, man. I mean, we've I mean, we went through that whole journey together. He got me out also, like for the final time. Mm. I was like, I need to get away. Yeah. So I like booked a. Uh, an Airbnb in the desert. My boyfriend and I went and it was there on that trip where we were talking and I was like, 
I was like, I think I need to leave, but I'm scared. And he like whipped out his notes app. He had the he had a full list. Oh my gosh. And yes. we just went back and forth, back and forth. And I was like, but what about this? I'm gonna lose everything. And yeah. he was like, no, like this is why it's not going to change. Look at how you're treated. You de- you deserve better. And by the end of that trip, I was like, I had I-, I had the courage to go back in, you know. When we got back to L.A., I sent that email and mm-hmm. I was done. Yeah. And didn't you mention, or am I just making this up, that she also kind of spiraled into a lot of conspiracy theories? Yes. In her case. And I noticed this in a lot of spiritual communities, mm-hmm. which is so odd to me because it didn't feel like they would align naturally. It's the horseshoe theory. It's like... <laughs> People just like really dove headfirst into these conspiracies and in a harmful way, not even just like, what do you think? Do you think that could be true? Or do you think that could be true? It was kind of taking over their whole life. Yeah. yeah. She went full QAnon, fully mm-hmm. down the rabbit hole. She spent like during the pandemic, she, she couldn't go anywhere. She was just in her house. She just watched YouTube documentaries. And how do I say this nicely? She ended up passing away. So yeah. like, yeah. do you know what it was that caused her death so early? Cause she was pretty young. She died from a pulmonary embolism that was caused by a broken ankle. Oh. And uh, yeah, she slipped in the shower in Berlin, broke her ankle, flew back to L.A. I have to just assume like she wasn't really resting. You know, if you're traveling Mm. that much and you're not taking care of yourself, that's the other thing. She I mean, you can see the pictures, the transformation of her weight gain i think she she was like a compulsive like eater with kundalini yoga there's no you're not doing drugs you can't drink Mm. everything's like very pure Mm -hmm. and i think the way she like took the edge off with with with, was with food Mm. so i think you yeah so she gained a lot of weight she wasn't really exercising as much um, the other like delusional thing with like Kundalini yoga is a yogi gets to choose when they take their last breath. So I think she fully believed that she was going to get to choose the moment when she died. And she didn't think it was going to be that young. Yeah. And she would make comments like, oh, you know, I just went to like my acupuncturist and she said I have the organs of a of a 19 year old. And so I think in her mind, she thought she was so healthy, so perfect. She was going to choose the moment that she died. But meanwhile, like she was becoming super unhealthy. Yeah. So she believed her own dogma that she was above it all, that she was more spiritual or more righteous or better or healthier. Yeah. I think that's like it's like the grandiose narcissism mixed with the like the the cult teachings and I think a lot of cults have have similar things where, like, you get to – teachings around death and, like mm. – and I think people with kundalini yoga especially, it's, like, people want con- more control over their life. They want certainty. And so it's really comforting to know, like, I get to choose when I leave the planet. Yeah. Because I'm a yogi. I can choose when I take my last breath. How old was she? 41. Wow. So how did the community handle that? From what I can tell, because I was just watching kind of what was going on on online on social media, she was just was treated like a saint. 
They thought she did choose to leave. Yes, her mission was completed. Okay, so they use that as a confirmation bias, the young death, not that she was unhealthy and the kundalini yoga wasn't working. Yes. It's that she was enlightened and ready to go. Yes, and the other thing, this was with Yogi Bhajan too. He got really big. He died, he had like diabetes and he wasn't healthy at all. And he gained a lot of weight in the last years of his life and- uh, <laughs> his followers said it was because he was taking on the karma of the planet. That's why he was so fat. Oh. And there were things that said about Guru Jagat as well. Uh-huh. Like maybe the weight gain is because she was taking on so much karma. Interesting. And you know that's not the case because you were there. <laughs> I mean, you saw her firsthand mm-hmm. abusing her relationship with food. She was. We were always eating. We were always eating. I gained weight too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we we kind of went all over the place. The roller coaster here, which is fine. It's great. I know. There's so much because I'm like, wait, we we got out, and then I I know I steered us back into. I'm the so cult sorry, talk. you guys. <laughs> no, it's not your fault because I started asking more questions. So the consciousness side. Where are you now? We know that you're doing well. Your relationships have improved. Mm-hmm. Um, you're feeling healthy. You're feeling good. Do you still do any of the kundalini practices? There, so there's nothing that you took away that you're like, this is still beneficial. No, I, yeah, I, I, I won't practice it. Okay. It's just, I mean, there's the, the cultural appropriation of it all mm-hmm. is, I mean, that's just like a whole other conversation entirely, but that's really fucked up. Um, and, and then it's also just triggering to me to know that Yogi Bhajan used these practices to control and dominate, dominate and manipulate his followers Mm -hmm. in order to, to groom them and to like, to exploit them in all sorts of abusive ways. Yeah. So it just feels really gross to me. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you do now that has kind of replaced that for you? Like any rituals or things that make you feel happier at peace? I love besides baths and naps. I love the I yeah, I love those. I do my morning pages. Um I do like body scan meditations, just like focusing on different Mm, parts of the body. I feel like that helps me figure out what am I feeling? Like what where like where is their attention? I recently like finished like a a 12 step program, adult children of alcoholics. And uh, yeah, the stuff about like the higher power, I've I've sort of like, you know, I'm kind of figuring out my my own relationship with with God, with creation. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely believe that there's more you know, than just this. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. And you're writing a book, which is awesome. Yes. That's it. Yeah. That's a great practice too. Just yeah. to try to like Put ma- make sense of everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it wasn't that long ago and you only started your TikTok a few months ago speaking mm-hmm. out about all of this and it's doing really well. Drop your at your handle once more. At charlotte.medlock. Yes. So everyone go follow after this. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we go? Um, I feel like that's it. I feel like we covered a lot. 
Okay, we did. <laughs> and there's something because we literally got on the phone for the first time like three hours ago. We do what's called a Linda listen at the end of an episode. So I did not prepare you for this and I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> so I don't know if you remember that viral video with the toddler where he's like, Linda, Linda, listen, honey, honey. And he's like arguing with his mom <laughs> and it's really cute. And people are like, we don't condone talking back to parents, but this is why we do it. So I think in cults, very often you are infantilized and you are talked down to and you are told what to do, how to think, all the things. So there's always this moment where you take back your power and you talk back and you say, no, Linda, listen, listen to me. This is what I want to say. And I think it's kind of a fun, empowering moment. So I have our guests do a Linda, listen moment, which can be that sassy, whatever you want to say to someone who's pissed you off. Or you can say something inspirational directly to our viewers. Okay, I got one. Okay. I <laughs> This chiropractor I went to recently said this to me, and I've been saying it. Um, you're doing your best, and your best is always good enough. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. It takes the pressure off. Right. We're all just doing our best, right? I know. Well, and then Kundalini is always about more, more, more. It's like you're never doing enough. Yeah. And yeah, like at it. the end of the day, you don't need you don't need to do all this medit all these meditations to like be a good person. No, you don't have to. And if you want to do meditations because it makes you feel happy, then do it. But if it it's not bringing you peace, it's not bringing you joy. It's it's not giving you the promises that it says it's going to. You don't have to force yourself to do it, right? That's mm -hmm. why. Our, our tagline is follow your highest excitement, <laughs> be conscious and be well, because do what makes you feel good and makes you feel happy as long as you're not hurting somebody. That's what we need more of is just inner peace and mm -hmm. the awareness. I love the body scan meditation thing. I used to do that and I wonder why I stopped life man it's busy but <laughs> you're just, pregnant you're about to have a baby <laughs> i know my body scan is she like kicks me and i'm like oh there you are um so yeah it's just that awareness tuning into yourself not giving your power away to someone who's telling you they have all the answers it's fine to learn from people but don't give your power to them right yes Yes. So do your best. And your best is always yes. your best is good enough. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we dropped your handles. Is there anything else that you want to say? This Great. is really fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming and being so spontaneous. I called her. I'm like, you want to come over now? She's <laughs> like, okay. So this was great. Thank you for joining us. And guys, thank you for joining us as well. If you want to support the podcast, liking, sharing, commenting those words of encouragement. Remember, this is a safe space for our guests and for those who are watching and also relating to our guests. It really is a good place for everyone to feel validated and seen. So comments are great. We do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash cults to consciousness. We have some merch, some apostates unite. I'm sorry for what I said when I was in a cult t-shirts. <laughs> that seems to be our bestseller. Um, and we are going to Costa Rica. If you want to do something, I swear it's not a culty thing. We're just going to have fun together. We're going to relax, do some adventurous things. And we're having on some past guests as well who are coming with us on the trip. So it's going to be a lot of fun. That's in the description as well. If you like this video, I will leave two down here below that you can check out. And until next time, follow your highest excitement, be conscious, and be well. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, it would mean a lot if you could like and subscribe on YouTube and leave a review or a comment to help with our visibility. You can also find me on social media at Colts2Consciousness or reach out by email at Colts2Consciousness at gmail.com.